0: Welcome back to another episode of Interview You. This is your host, Lewis Shine. And hey, I have another special guest on the show today. But first, want to shout out my supporters and my partners, um, Dr. Dish. They make some of the most amazing shooting machines on the planet. And to check out the products that they provide, please visit them at drdishbasketball.com. That's Dr. Dish basketball.com and for your auto home life and financial needs please visit david roberts state farm 419-420-7700 or at agent david on the show today i have a very very special guest um first of all my my own flesh and blood my cousin um but also somebody that you know i've been connected with for a little while now and and he's you know, been connected in the sports world, um, primarily on the on the football side, but also um, on the basketball side. Um, and you know, I won't give all that away, but we'll go off into that when we talk to him about his story a little bit. So, without further ado, I want to welcome to the show Lester Booker. How's it going, man? <laughs> I'm good. Louis Sean, Jr. Thank you for having me, my cousin, <laughs> <flesh and blood. laughs> You're Your <a> whole name, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> whole name. <laughs> you're also a junior too. <laughs> I am. I am a junior as well. That's yes, the Great thing that you and I have in common. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> but yeah, man, we um, you know, we have we have some history there, man. You know, we mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I spent some years in California, and and so when I moved back to the, you know, Midwest, my dad, you know, one of his things was to link me up with my family, man. And that's when we started to, uh, you know, take trips to Detroit and uh, get to know my family that was there. And, and we got connected, man. And I was so glad we got connected because, you know, we were able to just connect through those, I be, believe, like the last few years of high school and then off into college. And we've been connected ever since, man. So, um yes, sir. One of the things, you know, with you, you know, I've always known that you, you've you had a sports background. I've had a sports background. I play multiple sports, football, basketball and things like that. And I know football was your deal. So, you know, yeah. Uh, but I, I never went into even further behind, you know, football. When, when you first got started in sports, man, did you play other sports or was it just football?
1: No, so um, again, thank you for having me on, this, on the show. Again, I'm really I'm excited to be here. But to answer your question, I played a variety of different sports. I think one of the great things growing up, I started, um, I bowled. So that was something that was really uh, involved with for a long time. Bowling, baseball, basketball, um, football. Um, so those were, you know, a lot of activities um, that my parents, you know, allowed me to participate. And I think really you kind of gain the, you know, life skills of, you know, teamwork and citizenship and, and things of that nature through sports. Um, so I was blessed to do that. And obviously just staying, you know, staying out of trouble. Um, I grew up on the east side of Detroit. So, again, it, it kind of helped me have structure in my life at a young age. Um, so it was really, really good from that perspective, too. And then, uh, like I said, just life skills. Um, And seeing the world at the end of the day, you know, I I played sports in different cities, so I wasn't always just so much in the inner city of Detroit. We had, you know, different events in the suburbs in Warren, Michigan and and, in, you know, Southfield, Michigan, different locations that surrounded Detroit. So I was able to kind of be exposed to some of the other
0: communities around where I lived. So at what point for you was it to where you wanted to kind of focus more on football? Was there just a prominent prominent sport that kind of just rose to the top or did you like it more like like what happened yeah, there? yeah
1: yeah so my dad uh played football um has an extensive football background and actually played college football at um hbcu at morgan state university um, so definitely, you know, seeing him and his jerseys and different things like that was was really cool. And I started off playing um, in PAL, which is D- Detroit PAL, which is a kind of a the police athletic league in Detroit. They focused on citizenship, achievement, and leadership. So that was like kind of the young league in Detroit. So I played in that league um, almost roughly ten years, um, and and it was really really good for me um, to be in different teams. I was on the Cannon Saints. Uh, which was on the east side of Detroit, so we had our, our, our uh, black and gold. I remember it, <laughs> remember it well. Um, so really, that that kind of intertwined. And then when I was um, when I was, I think it was eleven or twelve, I and we moved to the suburbs. So that's really when I had my first culture shock when I saw people that didn't look like me a lot. And and I was the the minority versus the majority. So I got involved with football there in the suburbs. Um, And then I played high school football um, at Canton High School um, all four years. Um, I was a letterman. I received, um, you know, many awards and recognition. I was all-conference my senior year. Um, And I started off as um, I played all, all on the line. Um, during high school, but um, I ended up being the starting center and again, we went to the second round of the state championship my senior year. Um, So that was kind of my ending. I had the opportunity to go, I could have played college um, football at some um, D2 schools, um, but again, decided to focus on my education. Um, But definitely always have had a passion for football, um, sports in general, but definitely a little bit more for football.
0: Yeah, definitely, man. And so you know, after after you got done with that man, you you you, you went to further your education, uh, Central Michigan. You know, yes, one sir. of uh fire up one I, yes
1: sir. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I, I know you're a proud alum, man. I know I see I it on proud. social media. <laughs> yes, sir, man, and uh, yes, sir. you know that's really good stuff. You know, I was at Miami, so it was a you know. Mm-hmm. uh um, Mac school that we that we played. We had, little, we
1: had a little family rivalry. It was you know, I know you were before me, but we had you know still a little family rivalry. It's okay. <laughs> You know
0: <laughs> right, man. Uh, but man, so how 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 cold does it get up there, man, in central Michigan? I mean I know you was up there at school. Like does it is it like they say it is or is it you know how how is it? Yes, it's cold. Um
1: so again you're in you know you're about two and a half hours north of Detroit. Um it is cold. Um, again, a kind of a, a rural kind of area, um, but definitely had some great memories. I was there a total of six years, um, so I got my my bachelor's degree in broadcasting, double minor in PR and journalism, and then my master's degree in sport administration. So um, it was it's cold, and again, while I was up there, I did work for the football team. So again, I you know to your point earlier, the passion for football specifically continued. I just didn't play. But I worked on the marketing team, how to get the football team out there and how to get students, community members to engage, to come to games. And um, so that was fun. I did that for a few years. And then I spearheaded one of the community relation programs for the football team, athletics department in general, but specifically football, getting the guys out to do appearances in the community. If that's going to a school and talking to the young kids, if that's going to a community event, um, you know, going to a nursing home, talking to senior citizens, different big community events um, they would have up there. So we would get the really the football team engaged, get them out there, um, teaching them that volunteerism, teaching them that give back, how, how important that is. Um and how really it's important to have a relationship with the community
0: that you play in. It's good stuff, man. It really is, you know, because, you know, I find that sometimes, you know, um, as teams, you know, I think there's, a, there's an entitlement because of mm-hmm. the way they play, that fans are just supposed to come to the games, but I think it's a responsibility of teams to show that love to the community that they play in. And I believe mm-hmm. that You know, like you were kind of saying, you know, when you show that love in return, they'll show love back by supporting the team. And uh, so that's that's some good stuff, man, that that you did. That's a really great, great, great stuff right there. Um, And so, you know, when I really began to come around a little more, you know, I believe it was when I had my own vehicle now, you know, after school, you know, like Mm -hmm. um, towards the end of college. (laughs) You know, I was able to come up a little more on my own, man, and mm-hmm. um, you know had a a great opportunity, man, to uh, by by you blessing me with tickets to be able to come and, and watch some great Piston games, and, and man had a great time. Um, actually, had an opportunity to see Kobe Bryant play. was one of my favorite players in the world, man. Uh, oh, yes, see him play for the first time, um, a couple times mm-hmm. actually. Man, so you you were with the Detroit Pistons, man. Kind of talk about how that came about, and talk a little bit about what you did, and maybe some highlights of, of that job. Sure,
1: sure. So while I was in college um, at CMU, um, I uh, besides working on campus and besides education, I was RA as well in the halls. I worked um, part time for Palace Sports and Entertainment and at the time the WNBA, the Shock. So I started off on the WNBA side. So I would drive, um, you know, four hours total, two hours, you know, down and back to the palace. And I worked um, as in PR. So really the storytelling, getting the, the women out um, in the community, um, writing different magazine, uh, articles for magazines, working with the WNBA league office, um, ensuring that the women were compliant. Um, and I, I worked all the games at office hours. So I did that. Um, for three years, uh, from 20, from 2007 until 2010, and within that, I had the opportunity to work um, some of the Pistons' uh, playoff games as well um, on the public relations side. Um, so again, I had the opportunity to you know see all the you know was when again we we won all the Eastern you know conference finals. So Chauncey Billups and Rip Hamilton and Tayshaun and, and Rashid and all those players we um, were there, so that was a, an amazing experience as well. And then I also, during that time, the WNBA, we, the Detroit team, won um, a championship. So I was part of that championship team, and you know, um, you know, having the trophy in my hand, and you know, being around Bill Lambeer, Rick Mahorn, you know, just a, amazing experience. So um, in 2010, I had the opportunity to um, either st- remain at CMU and continue doing some of the work I was doing within the diversity space. Or um, I was I had the opportunity to come and work um, for the Pistons, um, the community relations team. So um, I did choose to re- move back home, and I worked for um, the on the Pistons side. Um, and it was a very interesting time where the team um, was for sale, and um, there was a lot of kind of unknowns. Um, and again, you know, a lot of changes were going on in the organization. So it was a very interesting time. Um, to be there and I was there for that. I was there during the NBA lockout in 2011 where um, we had a reduced season. Um, so we, the, the season actually started in December um, and we couldn't use the players' images, likeness, any of that. So um, being in the community relations, uh, the philanthropic part of the business, we had to work together. And um, again, part of my job was to work with our leadership team to remain relevant. So we had something called the Staying Relevant Campaign were our leaders from within the organization, and I was actually brought in as well to help figure out what strategically we're going to do to make sure that the name of the Detroit Pistons, the brand itself, stays relevant and during this time when we don't have access to our players, but we can utilize our executives, our coaches, um, some of our talent to really continue to tell the story of the Detroit Pistons. So I was definitely there for that, um, and I stayed there until 2012. So again, five years. You know, and again, the, piss, the the palace of Auburn Hills um, was knocked down uh, about a month ago. So that's still um, hard at times. I actually drove by it and I saw that it's not there. And just thinking about all the rich history and the magic and being at the games and, you know, being with the players and, and, and all of that. I mean, it was just an amazing part of my career um, earlier on in my career. So I'm really thankful for it. Um, and I, again, hold some of those relationships very close to me still and still support the team. Um, the team is downtown Detroit now. We don't have the women's team here in Detroit, but it's just the Pistons. So I went to a lot of the games and, again, talked to my coworkers, uh, former coworkers that are still there. So definitely
0: I'm um, a big fan still of Detroit basketball. Man, so did, did you get a chance to uh, – I don't know if they they did this or not, but did you get a chance to get a piece of the building or something to commemorate the the memory of it? Uh, were you able to do that? So,
1: yes, yeah, so I did. I was able to go back before um, – when the team of the organization moved downtown Detroit, um, I did go back and visit some of my coworkers um, and uh, you know, took one more last tour of the building and definitely a lot of memories, you know, just in the Chairman's club, in the in the Axel arena walking around the arena. So I I was there for probably about four hours and I just went to different parts of the building. And, um, I did, um, you know, a couple of my coworkers did save me a couple of little things. So I did bring those things home and, and I have some of that, um, that special, um, you know, palace memorabilia here
0: in my home, man. I mean, that's, Oh my gosh. I, I actually watched the, 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 the um, video <laughs> when they yeah. it, it was like unreal. Yeah. It was like my good. It crazy. was tough. It was very, very tough. I I literally went down
1: memory lane and I started posting, you know, just different pictures on my Instagram stories and Facebook stories, and just was like, wow, like you know, um, you know, I took my one of my first headshot photos I took on the Pistons court, and you know, just different memories I had going to. We had uh, league meetings, and you know, we had like a Midwest meeting with the the Pacers, the Bucks um, the, the Cavaliers, um, you know, and we would have those quarterly. So, you know, driving there, you know, it'd be awesome. And then just having conversations as to best, best practices. So there's different things like that. Um, you know, miss those, miss the league meeting calls. It it, it just was a, you know, a great, great experience for me. Um, and something again, that was, that will be, you know, near my heart for sure. Um, but
0: yeah, definitely was hard to see the palace go down. Yeah, man. And, And on the other side of that, you know, there's a I mean, I haven't been there yet, um, but mm-hmm. I, I have taken online tours and, and different people that have taken tours of the new facility. That thing is amazing, man. Like, yeah, talk. it's really good for the city.
1: Um, having the you know, having the Pistons in Detroit is really good for the city. Um, I know one of the big complaints that we would hear from time is that the the team would be 45 minutes away from the city. So having it downtown. All the sports teams now downtown in Detroit is is great. Um, so you got the Lions, you got the Pistons, you got the Tigers and the Red Wings all in a certain circumference downtown. And it really kind of creates that camaraderie downtown, which is great. Um, the the um, Little Caesars Arena, which is the name of the arena that they're in, it's a really a multi-purpose center. So they have great restaurants and um, a lot of different events and activities go on every day. Um, and the Pistons offices are, you know, about two or three miles away from the actual facility. So it's really good that the team is in Detroit and really can have an impact um, and be visible in the community. So I'm, 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 I'm happy
0: for them for that. That's a really good stuff, man. When I saw it, I was just like, wow, I, I love, um, my my first major was architecture. So when I went to college, like that's what I went for until basketball happened and I had to change my major to to accommodate that. But man, I love buildings and, Oh my gosh, arenas and stuff like that, man. So when I saw it, I was like, that is beautiful, <laughs> you know? Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, after, after, you know, the Pistons and you know, work with them, kind of what was your, 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 your next move um, um, after you finished your tenure with the Pistons?
1: So, yeah. So um, one thing I want to share is it's really important to establish, you know, relationships in your career. Um, you know, definitely good, you know, um, authentic relationships with people. Um, because a lot of times in your career, um, you know, opportunities will come and people will call you and say, hey, I know somebody that needs somebody for X. So it's always good that you're making sure that you're keeping your relationships, you have those um, mentors, you have those sponsors, people who can speak for you and vouch for you, and that you always kind of hold yourself in a professional, um, you know, position. So at the end of the day, one of our former, co one of my former co-workers um, his wife um, worked for a firm, and um, they needed someone to do community relations, and um, he recommended me um, as a candidate. So I came in, I interviewed for the role, and um, you know I I I was like, wow, you know I had never heard of the company before, and. I knew that they you know were credible, of course and, and had done a lot of work for a lot of different clients and this is more so on the the marketing advertising agency front, so again, I had never worked at a firm before, so it's interesting to see the dynamics of working at a, a firm um so I was able to um you know learn learn about it, and then um I got a nice offer and uh I had a decision to make um if I was going to remain you know with the Pistons or you know step into this new unknown territory and you know, got some counsel from some friends, ended up praying about it, and I did decide to move forward with the new opportunity. So I worked at a marketing and communications firm for Ford Motor Company. With that, they needed um, someone to do community relations, which is, again, a passion point of mine. And then also, um, I worked on some of the NASCAR racing um, engagements. So again, a little bit different from a sports perspective, You know, not football, basketball, but I was able to participate and give my sport background into those engagements. So I worked at that firm, which is called Campbell Marketing Communications. I worked there for two years. So I did philanthropic engagements. I did some executive events for Mr. and Mrs. Ford um, that really raised money for their foundations and their charities. And then I did the sports piece, working with NASCAR and um, creating these social media engagements. And Louis, this back then. This is when um, Facebook, Twitter, and instagram started you know kind of started to ramp up not where it is today of course but that was kind of like the beginning of the social platforms really you know taking their you know steps ups in terms of engaging people online so that was really my next move after uh the pistons um and it's and i I don't turn back after it so
0: yeah that's good stuff man I i could remember exactly what you're talking about at that kind of beginning of that ramp up of uh you know, the social medias, man. And you know, I saw you on there a lot. I, mean, I was on there a lot too, but mm-hmm. um, you know, um, you know, you've been so many places, man, and, and you know, um, I know with COVID happening right now, mm-hmm. sideline a little bit, but maybe talk about some of the highlights of just some of the places that you you've been able to travel. Some of the people you have sure. to meet, you know, some different highlights, man, that has you know, I know I know when you travel different places, you be able to see the world. It really brought a perspective. But just talk about those things and just what has it done for you, man, uh, with the outlook of everything? Absolutely. So
1: um, after um, when I um, so when I left Campbell, um, I was asked to come um, and support another former coworker um on some General Motors business. So I've been with GM going on seven years now um, and I've been in various capacities on the agency side. Um, in communications, um, diversity communications, uh, corporate giving um, communications, and then program operations, and then still focusing on our diversity and inclusion messaging throughout my tenure with NGNR Motors. So that has really allowed me to really see a lot of different um, places, a lot of different initiatives. So I've traveled to been blessed to go to the Final Four uh, men's and women's Final Four. Um, Buick is the prop partner of the NCAA, so I was able to lead teams that created marketing engagements on the ground for consumers to come in, experience our products, experience, uh, have a you know get engagement, meet different athletes, um, and and really have a great brand experience. Um, so that was some of my highlights there. Um, I also um, you know met, met like Gary Payton um you know Barry Sanders through some of those different engagements. Um, um, and I, I've been I've been really fortunate in that regards. Um, Tom Izzo, that's who I was trying to remember who of Tom Izzo um as well during that tenure. And then also too from a multicultural perspective working um, to ensure General Motors has a strong reputation in the diversity and inclusion space. So we do a lot of different engagements with uh, Reverend um, Jesse Jackson, um, the Congressional Black Caucus Foundation in DC, um, the American Black Film Festival. So I've went there, I've met Regina Hall, um, Latoya Luckett who formerly was with Destiny's Child, um, Spike Lee, um, I met um, Omar Epps, Um, So, again, being the face of the the brand of Cadillac for those engagements has been, you know, truly wonderful um, as well. And, um, you know, a lot of different opportunities and doors have opened up for me to see the world. So, again, I've been able to travel. And again, to your point, Louis, before COVID hit, I was on the road in February of the 29 days. I was on the road 17 of those 29 days. And that was a grind. So, again, I was in California two or three times. I was in uh, D.C. I was in Memphis. um, And, again, representing General Motors, um, obviously, as a a global company. So um, representing them anywhere from, you know, STEM-focused engagements with our executives, um, anywhere from, you know, creating brand programs for media that we fly journalists in to experience our products um, in an environment. So I've definitely had a a full, um, you know plethora of experiences where I've traveled across the country, um, traveled to events that represent different cultures, Asian, Hispanic, as well. Um, so it really gives me, you know, just a sense of the world and a sense of by 2044, there'll be more mu- multicultural, communic- uh, excuse me, multicultural uh, folks than general market folks. So at the end of the day, the majority Um, is going to be the minority, and the minority is going to be the majority. So the world is looking very different than what it was, Louis, when our parents were born and and et cetera. So I'm definitely, it helps you get a a really true grasp of what the world looks like. Um, And then just from a personal perspective, um, love traveling, you know, out of the country, Mexico, Cancun, Puerto Vallarta. So I have a lot of trips that I have to postpone to 2021 uh, because of our COVID situation, and just you know, making sure that we're safe. But you know, I've definitely been blessed to to travel. Um, some people call me Mister Delta, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I've been you know very fortunate uh, again to travel and see the world.
0: Good stuff, man. And, and with you know everything happening, you know, what's what is your with 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 your your, your work? What what is your your day to day looking like now? Now that everything is kind of like it is. It's lighting up in certain places, but some places it's, it's still the same. Uh, what has it been like for you? Oh, no, sure. So,
1: I mean, definitely it's been some big adjustments now that, you know, um, we've been working from home since March 13th. Uh, so definitely, you know, changing up how my home looks, um, you know, creating a new workstation. I already had an office in the back with my own computer back there, but creating a new work space and making sure I'm comfortable and, you know, a a whole new routine of, you know, you don't want to sit in the house all day per se, so I do take breaks and I I live on a golf course, so I do walk around the golf course. I walked already this morning, you know, I do some exercises here, things of that nature, but, um, you know, work um, has been fluid, there's been a lot going on, even a lot of the events have been canceled, but there's still been virtual events, so we've been ensuring that GM has a presence there. Um, I've been, you know, helping with some of the Black Lives Matters, um, you know, movement, um, our initiatives from a GM perspective that we've been, um, you know, uh, spearheading. Uh, We just had an announcement. uh, We announced $10 million to go to social justice organizations. Um, You know, with everything going on, we want to be the aspiring to be the most inclusive company in the world. So uh, making sure that, you know, we're positioned in the right way for success and, and taking feedback from different partners. So it's, it's been really pretty busy still for me. Um, I think sometimes the blend, it's a blend now of personal and professional uh, because you're in the same kind of environment. So there'll be times where sometimes I'll take a break, you know, around five or six o'clock because I want to eat dinner, chill out. And then I might say, hey, OK, I'll go back on the computer, you know, do a few more emails a little bit later on. But definitely through, through this time too, just taking time to reflect as well. Um, and it, it's, it's one of those things. God has given us the opportunity to reset, um, and be able to, you know, look at things and, and, um, analyze things and take a, just a new perspective. And that's something I've been doing. And really I've learned during this time that he's taken control that we thought we had, but we never had.
0: Yeah, man. Um, he, he's that amazing, man. And, 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 and as far as your life, I've always known you, known you to be a man of faith. What, what has it? Meant for you to to know the Lord, man, and, and you know Him working in your life, man. What what has it meant for you, in terms of you know your career, everything you've been through, and just how you keep pressing forward?
1: Sure. I mean, at the end of the day, I think now more than ever we have our faith to lean on, and again those relationships with our our friends, our mentors. I have spiritual advisors I speak to a couple of times a week just to talk, and we pray together. And I think, like I said, people who don't pray are praying now, which is amazing. So faith has been very, very important to get through this pandemic, you know, looking at the numbers and some of the the media um, reports that we see, you know, it's a challenge um, to say, okay, that, you know, how we've done things for so long is not a reality anymore. So um, it's been very interesting and understanding, again, wearing a mask and, um, you know, social distancing. I just saw my God kids for the first time this weekend. I haven't seen them since March. So that's been hard, you know, so again, some of those, some of those uh, things that you are typically accustomed to doing, you know, I think you have a new appreciation of that. Um, and it's, 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 it's really, really important.
0: Yeah. It's good stuff right there, man. Um, you know, it's changed, it's changed the way we do everything. And um, you know, in in some places, um, you know, here where I am, it's kind of opened up a little bit, but it still has restrictions, you know, mm-hmm. but it's, it's uh I've never in the the forty years that I've been on the planet experienced anything like this. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's very different. And uh, so, you know, um, you know, always, uh, you know, even in these kind of times, just trust the Lord, man. That that He knew it, it. It didn't sneak up on Him. I mean, He knew. Um, so that yeah. you know, still means He has a plan. You know, He has a plan for us. And you know, we just stay grounded and rooted in Him, man. So that that's some really good stuff right there, man. Absolutely. Um, as we turn this corner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Um, As we turn this corner, man, to to wind things down, man, you know, um, one of the big reasons I started this podcast was because, you know, I was always around, you know, younger athletes and younger people that, you know, they just needed wisdom and always wanted to bring other athletes and people that have attained, you know, um, amazing feats and and achievements, even outside of sports, man, I wanted Mm -hmm. to bring them on to talk a little bit about their life so that, you know, others can glean into a real life situation, um, Mm -hmm. and how people have succeeded or, or, or things they live by principles that help them to be who they are. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as we close this thing out, man, you know, what are some things that you have lived by, you know, whether that's quotes, whether it's principles, something your dad told you, what's something that you feel like you've carried with you for a long time that has helped you to be who you are?
1: Sure. Um, One of the things is, the again, the importance of relationships, Um, first impressions at the end of the day, and uh, work ethic. Um, A lot of times the generation today, um, they don't understand work ethic, that you have to work hard and nothing's given to you. A lot of times uh, people have entitlements. So I remember when I worked for CMU, a lot of the um, students had an entitlement. And I said, you guys have to work hard. No one's going to give you anything at the end of the day. Um, one other thing that, um, I, there's a couple quotes um, that I like to um, live by. Going back before I get into the quotes, I really like the, the phrase, um, you never know who is connected to who at the end of the day. So again, you have to, be sensitive as to how you behave in, in certain environments. So that's always really, really important. And um, uh, definitely John, Congressman, former Congressman uh, John Lewis, who just passed away. Um, his the whole uh, mindset of, 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 of it's OK to get in some trouble, but it's good trouble and that you're making a difference and you're voicing You know what's right and and having a voice of what's right and 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 making people challenge people uh, you know and it's it's all about how you do it but challenging people um if something isn't right to ensure that you know people are being treated fairly um being bold um that's something i try to live by and and, you know having integrity and humility in all things because at the end of the day we came in this world with nothing we're going to leave this world with nothing so as my'm on this earth I, I definitely want to you know live a, a blessed life but at the end of the day, not forgetting where I came from, not forgetting those who are near me and never you know acting or exalting myself higher than what I am that's something I definitely you know apply to my life and all things and and making sure I walk in humility and treat people as I want to be treated so those are just a few things that um i that helps me stay grounded and then I have again great mentors uh parent great parents great mentors great supporters. Um, sponsors that really, you know, will help me stay grounded and I really can have great conversations with to really understand perspective, understand the workplace financially. You know, a lot of times from a financial perspective as African-Americans, we don't grasp the whole concept of savings and and 401ks and investments and things like that. So those are things that I try to work toward and, and really want to set things up. Um, and one other thing I'll share, um, Louis, if you allow me to, um, this year at CMU, I started my own scholarship. Um, at CMU called the Lester Booker Jr. Endowed Scholarship Fund for Diversity and Inclusion. So that it allows one CMU student who has a sophomore or higher um, to apply for the scholarship. It's $2,500. Um, there's given preference if they're from Detroit. Um, they have to keep a 3.0, be involved on campus, and they have to write a one-page essay as to um, why mul- how multicultural audiences are perceived by the media. So really um wanting to help from a DNI perspective, diversity and inclusion perspective, on the campus of CMU, um these these leaders um to really affect the co- the campus culture.
0: Yeah, man. That that's congratulations on that, man. I, I didn't you. know that. And that that's really good. You know, if I was there, I'd apply for it. <laughs> but, uh, yep.
1: This, yeah, uh, we had our first yeah. student selected in March of this year, right when COVID hit. So um, that student, the, the funds will be applied for their um, fall, as we're speaking in the fall now, um, semester. And then another student will have the opportunity in 2021 to
0: um, um, apply for the scholarship as well. Man, that's that's real. That's real. That's amazing, man. I'm speechless on that. That's a uh, big time. You know, that, that's you. something that, uh, you know, when we talk about making a difference, you know, that's, that's a step in that direction. And, and I've always known that you've been that kind of person. I want to make a difference, but just hearing that man makes me, makes me proud to be your cousin. How about that? <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's,
0: that's cool, Thank man. That's love. really, really cool right there, man. Um, man, as we, as we close down, man, I just want to, you know, just, um, show my gratitude to, you know, you taking time because I know you're busy man to, to, to just interview, you know, to allow me to interview you and, uh, Appreciate you being on, man. And no problem. Um, Anytime. You know, um got definitely got to bring you back again, man. We could talk all day, man. On Absolutely. Things, man. You, you let me know. Um,
1: we'll have a part two. We could talk about Black Lives Matter, whatever, you know, things going on as this election will be interesting too. A lot of things I know we can talk about later. So you let me know whenever you'd like me to come back. It'd be my pleasure.
0: Sounds good, man. Um, If anybody that's listening wants to connect with you, what's the best way to connect with you, whether that be social media um, or whatever channel? What's the best way to connect with you? Sure. You can. um, You know, I'm on Facebook, Lester Booker Jr.
1: I'm on Twitter, um, Lester Booker Jr. um, Or excuse me, L Booker Jr. 77. I apologize. On Twitter and Instagram. And I'm on LinkedIn as well, so you can, you know, look me up on there, and um, you know, write me a message. I'll do my best to get back as soon as I can. Um, but yeah, definitely look forward to connecting with people. And again, if you can't get a hold of me, Lewis can get a hold of me. So you you let him know <laughs>
0: <laughs> on the on the bat channel. Exactly. <laughs> on the back channel. Right. <laughs> right. 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 Well, man, that that was a great interview. here, everybody, that's uh, Lester Booker Jr. Um amazing interview um not only somebody that's family to me but somebody that is um you know well accomplished has done many many great things and is continuing to do great things so um please make sure you connect with him um on those social media channels um to connect with him talk with him um have a conversation with him um he's a great guy um and I approve this message so <laughs> thank you um <laughs> so make sure you connect with him guys. For your auto, home, life, and financial needs, please visit David Roberts State Farm, 419-420-7700, or at agentdavidroberts.com. And hey, for you you all out there that are um, in the market for a new shooting machine, um, with Dr. Dish, they make some of the most amazing shooting machines on the planet. And for a limited time offer, um, for mentioning the Interview You podcast, you can receive $300 off. Of the CT, the All Star, or the Rebel model of the shooting machine. So make sure you go and check them out at DrDishBasketball.com. Well, hey, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Interview You. We'll see you on the next episode.